The Good Life by Tracy K. Smith When some people talk about money, they speak as if it were a mysterious lover who went out to buy milk and never came back. And it makes me... nostalgic. For the years I lived on coffee and bread, hungry all the time, walking to work on payday, like a woman journeying for water from a village without a well. Then living one or two nights like everyone else on roast chicken and red wine. Udwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow, where dancers cavort in forbidden operas, making love to forgetting and flame, where the wealthy play at war with silver swords and silken sashes, where the people mine the dead heart of a burning star for cannonballs and pipework, and where a thousand secrets hide in a forest of paper and ink. Here, the five key bearers reside. The five who know the secrets of the broken gates of death. Five. Five only. There is no sixth spire, forlorn and forgotten in the desert. There is no one who looks to the displaced, the poor and destitute and landless, whose ancestry has been stripped from them by foreign looms and foreign sparcraft, and no one has ever heard of the House of Endings. But this is their story. Their roots pulled up and burned, they stand in filth up to their necks. And that is precisely why they must keep their heads ever high. Welcome to Uduasha, immigrant. May it fear the name of the house you will build. Welcome to Desperate Tatoon, an actual play podcast about characters with their identities in peril, played by an international cast devoted to fiction-first gaming, collaborative world-building, and complex character drama. Welcome back, everyone, to Desperate Tune and the House of Endings. Hello. Hello. Yo. Yes, with me are uh, three of the four players who I sometimes forget to introduce, but let's introduce them now. Hello, Tree. I was going to say something very odd, but unfortunately, it has been such a long day that instead, I will give you this preamble. Do with it what you will. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good. Hello, Adyat. Oh, yeah, yes. Hello. I'm doing it with it what I will. Yes. I'm not sure what it is. And hello, Soheb. I'm doing something with it and you won't like it. Very good. That's uh, sort of an intro. Last session, we attended a traditional Scovlander holiday and made some chili. Um, we did something and... with that holiday that they didn't like. Yes, um, well. But we did what we will. So. Yes, you did You did what you will indeed. Uh, actually, everyone was kind of fine with it. So one of the flatbread uncles, Uduasha's resident food mafia, was uh, catering an event, which is uh, serious business. Uh, you attended the event and uh, Shere Katam masterfully poisoned the chili. Not poison poisoned it, but he ruined the flavor of it. 
Actually, poison is entirely the wrong word. He yeah, ruined yeah. the chili by putting leeches yeah. in it. Um, yeah. And they were very disappointed with with this, but not with you. Also, Bidri he challenged the the cook to a duel, and uh, soundly thrashed him. After having hit him with a boot, he impressed his rival, uh, Jackal of the Skovlander gang, who had arranged this whole party. And the grand result of this, the reason why you did it, was to save Morphis, your uh, your tea guy, <laughs> from yeah. from being beaten up for his lunch money. So now you have tea and snacks for days, because Morphis, the uh, the tea vendor, is in your debt. And this is an arrangement that works out for for him still, because even though you guys get tea for free now, he gets the benefit of getting to hang out on your property and sell tea to other people without having to pay rent. So it's it's a mutually beneficial arrangement. Yes, and he's not in our debt. We waive his debt entirely. Mm -hmm. mm. Very good. Who here? Who here would say otherwise? No, uh, that's the, that was a deal. Free tea. I, uh -huh. yeah. I mean. Uh, you can waive the debt all you want. He's still going to give you free tea. Yeah. He can afford it. You're just four people. He's not giving it to any of your students or anyone affiliated with you. So, you know, he he can still make profit here. Yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. I mean, the others aren't people. Mm -hmm. Literally. They, just, they aren't real. So, that's basically where we wrapped up. The last thing we did was we went to, uh, to pay off. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah, the payoff was basically some improved faction status and some money, I think, and a cool reputation. Oh, yeah. And also, you got the flatbread uncles off your back, which is important. Uh, did I miss anything? I don't think so. I think that's what we did. Did we talk about Jackal? Jackal was very impressed with yes. Pidruhi. Yes. Very important. Um, Thank you. Yes. And was presented with a real rose, and there was some emotion. Unusually for her. To be clear, where does Bidruhi get his uh, supply of fresh flowers? I'm glad I, you I, asked. I, yes. I'm not. <laughs> I have been eager to find out, but I would love to okay. find out in play when it becomes yes. relevant. Okay, exactly. that's, you know what? That's fair. Uh, yeah. It's gonna. It's about to become relevant because Saida is about to ask uh, Bidruhi, where do you get your fresh flowers from? But you yes. know, yeah, let's wait for that to happen. Uh huh. There so, are many mysteries uh, about Bidruhi. Yes. Just mm. to be clear here, what uh, what we are doing now is we are in downtime, but there is also an entanglement. So there is a complication that will come up at some point during this downtime. But we will start this session on relatively mellow uh, f free time for our protagonists. And so we may as well start, I suppose, with Saida asking Bidruhi about his flowers. Why not? <laughs> there is no pressing issues going on. Listen, okay, so just before you frame that scene, I'm going to let you know I have two level two harms and two level one harms. And if this is the yes, first yeah. thing you you want to talk to me about, well, that, that mm. says, well, that's on you. Yes, uh, okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> you live. I also um, I just remembered that I have uh, an advance, and I was thinking of taking Savage, but actually, I'm going to take Bodyguard, but I'm going uh -huh. to rename it Loyal Vizier. <laughs> Because I just love the idea. So yeah, when I protect a teammate, I'll take an extra die to my resistance roll. When I gather info, I'll get an extra effect. Okay. Um, I guess I'm a loyal vizier who is always looking out for um, my king 
the house, the 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 king of lies. Um, and also like the other people, I guess. But it's really it's because I'm such a. Um, I would never dare betray anybody. Um, I would say, point out that you would never dare betray anybody, but your loyalties are split three ways now between yes. Salman, the King of Lies, your your Prince of Endings, the God that you're making, and also the crew. So, this is some advanced yeah, no, no, four ways. Yes. Yeah. Um, four ways, because um, the demon that's uh, still in me thinks I'm loyal to it, even though I'm not. Oh, yeah. But it's a demon, oh, yeah. so maybe. Five ways. Five ways. Mm. What about mangoes? Yeah. Oh yeah, and mango. Yeah, okay. You no, know so you're. I actually have no. Uh, there, I have no problems with loyalties. I, I, I know exactly what I'm loyal, loyal to. Uh, it's mango. So, in some say they struck stuck between Pascal's wager and Rocco's basilisk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Pascal's Rocco. That's what they call it, right? Yes. <laughs> um, great. Okay. Um, yeah. So yes, Bidrohi is very screwed up, and uh, I. I mean, he's not so screwed up he can't walk, right? So I guess Bidrahib walks back to the lair with some... Uh, you were hit on the head and you hurt wait, your wait, hand. Wait. Yeah. Sorry to interject, but why is he walking back to the lair? We were all there. We should, we should be carrying him back like a hero. Uh, yeah, you can carry him. I'm too old for this stuff. Absolutely carry Bidrahib like a hero. Yeah, I, I'm carrying... Uh, yeah, Mushvik is carrying uh, Bidrahib on his shoulders. So what you're saying is... Uh, my mom's going to see me being carried back in, like be- with the shit be- kicked out of me, carried by a bunch of Kithrisi and a bunch of Kovlanders. Mm. Oh, uh, I don't know if the Kovlanders involved, but uh, of course I, they I are. You, 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 you made them ch- chant my name. Yes. So all, all I'm saying is, Mushwig's gonna pick Bitrohi up, you know, put him all. You know what they do, like you, you when you want a like, game, like you know, like a tournament or something. You know, you, you're sitting on uh, on uh, Mushwig's shoulders while he's we're parading down the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Normal. Does Alka there and Katam show up out of nowhere and start like uh, leading leading the chant? Oh, uh, with, with <laughs> wise with wise aphorisms as though as it's a political is, rally. I guess it is in character for Alka there. He tends to have a nose for these things. So sure, he he turns up. He doesn't. He has no idea what you're celebrating or why, but he just kind of seamlessly blends into the crowd. <laughs> As it is Peter, he carried the loft, and uh, he, he uh, you know, announces the crowd with uh, something like, "We are proud to see the achievements of my brother on this day, whose great achievement is me being his brother." Oh, is that? <laughs> I am very proud to call Al Qadir sir. My brother, but I will never call Al Qadir sir my brother because he is my sir. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. and uh, Al Qadir says, "Ah, yes. See, this is why we hold him aloft and celebrate him. His humility." Bedrohi pondered the wisdom of this because yes. <laughs> within within this seeming contradiction, it's like a Zen koan, isn't it? Yes, yes. Everything Al Qadir says is like a Zen koan, mostly accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. And then he passes out, oh. I guess, for a bit. Yeah. So you are carried aloft, somewhat discombobulated. And so I guess you return to your mother's boarding house, accompanied by Al Qadir and Katam and his random gang of hanger ons. And I think Moonlit and Katam, I think she has sort of soured on Al Qadir after his shenanigans. Mm. Mm. I, I believe this was established. Uh, if not, yeah. I'm establishing it now. Yeah. She liked him uh, well enough initially, but 
yeah. I was going to ask, uh, are Bald Murad and Pilot meeting us also there? You didn't bring them on the score, did you? No, no they, they went were... to hit... Um... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they went to... What's his to... name's operation? Yeah, they went to Rob Cutlet's butchery shop. Yes. Gonna show up with yeah. so many sausages. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's a feast! <laughs> How exciting! Uh, I think what what they are going to turn up with is yes, they they are at the boarding house, and I guess they stole the food, so it's now. Yeah, I can. I mean, if you're going to do a hit on a butcher shop, what uh-huh. what do you do? You steal all the meat, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they probably also stole, you know, his his. Yeah, cash I think we did get paid but... a little bit from the yeah. stall from the stash, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, yep. but yes, did sure. We... Pilot and Balbarad are celebrating with with cartoonishly long rows of sausages. Like... <laughs> did, did did we roll to see how well they did? Yes, like, yeah, we did. And how well did they do? They did okay. They got yeah, they uh, five. Yeah, okay. they got a five. So it wasn't a perfect success, and uh, I think. Part of this, it was a fortune roll, so it wasn't like they were at risk. It's just how well did they do on their operation. They weren't really being at risk of being beaten up or anything because all of Cutlet's crew were with him. So all right, that's a, okay. It's a five, so no, no, like fine dry HP for anything like that. Well, yeah, dry <laughs> no. HP. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, that was the, that's, well, that's what Mushpik says. They like he goes up to, behind them and he goes, "Oh, uh, no, no dry HP, huh?" <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Murad goes, uh, n- no, but, uh, but, uh, hey, check it out. It's, uh, <laughs> he holds up a sausage. And he goes, it's got cumin in it, I think. <laughs> no, no. Mushpik knows that, like, sausages, that's, that's the lowest tier of meat. No, he, he wants uh-huh. the good stuff. Keep yeah. in mind, his, the vice isn't food, it's flavor. Yeah, fair enough. Is Mushpik a steak guy? Is he like, oh, it's not medium rare, it's not food. Yeah. So, I think Pilot (laughs) taps you on the shoulder and holds up a a container which he has brought. And I think the fine stuff, if you're looking for like flavorful things, right, is not just the meat, it's like liver or something. Yeah. All right. Yes, now we're talking. Uh So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, so she has, <laughs> knowing you, she has secured you the livers that he was selling this day. Just, uh, uh, you, the, you know, I'm going to give that, like, that proud look. That's, mm-hmm. you, you get me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yet to say a word on screen, I see. Yes, or here. yes. I... <laughs> I uh, it wasn't oh, well. intentional originally, but I think it's a no, funny it's, trait it's to pilot now. that she that she speaks yeah. very little. So yeah. instead of saying anything to Mushvik, she just presents him with uh, like uh, uh, I suppose it's like a plate full of livers. Uh, obviously, she's prepared them, right? So it's like a plate of yeah. fried liver with some with some vegetables. Like a tiger, Sherekatam will defeat his enemies and feast on their flesh and entrails. I'm gonna say that. Listen, uh, if if you ever need to, um, you know, if you ever need a recommendation letter, you know, I'd be I'd be happy to sign it. Yeah, <laughs> is this something Mushfik would say? <laughs> yeah, but also, yeah, Mushfik, I mean, you're isn't, you're Mushfik, isn't Mushfik technically one of the heads of this organization? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, if any other street gang wants to hire you, I'll write a glowing recommendation for your resume. Right? <laughs> Do we have a letterhead? He's just watching this with like a look of like, oh, for fuck's sake. 
on her, <laughs> on her face is just like, why? <laughs> yes. Uh, however, as Mursvik is being served his liver, I think Moonlit uh, steps forth with uh, her like rolling gait. She's a stout, large woman, and she's going to lift Bidruhi off the shoulders of whoever is carrying him, one of the celebrants. She's going to stare at Alkader and not even talking to Bidruhi. I think he asks him, like, what did you get him into this time? And uh, uh, Alkader splays out his hands and uh, he says, oh, nothing, nothing. I just wanted to elevate him after his great achievements in succeeding at excellence. He, he still doesn't know what you actually did. I give a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, your your mother like sets you down and then pretty forcefully gets out. Oh yeah, she gets out the the little little green tube and uh, starts to uh, apply it to the like. I imagine you have like a small cut on your forehead where you were hit with a spearhead, right? Mm-hmm. So she is. I've forgotten the name of it now, but it's the stuff in the tube with the elephant. She's putting I... that on your forehead. Oh god. <laughs> Borolin? Yes. I was going to say Tiger Bomb, but I, then you said uh, Elephant, so I don't know. Yes. Yes, it's Borolin, I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's treating your cuts, you see. Mm-hmm. A traditional Eruvian herbal remedy. Mm-hmm. Mm? Yes. Oh, ma! It... Oh, oh, ouch! Ah! And I'm just... I'm going to... I don't know. I'm going, I'm going to be the spoiled son. Yeah. <laughs> she, she goes over your, your injuries and... Uh, then, uh, yeah, rather than ask you anything, it's not really in character for her to ask you a lot of questions. She doesn't usually do that. Instead, mm-hmm. I think she just barks at Alkader and she goes like, you got him into this. You get him a doctor. And uh, Alkader steps back and uh, begins to mumble some wise aphorism. And then she just stares him down and he runs off to go mm-hmm. get a doctor. Like, I like how he wasn't involved in this at all, but your mother 100% blames him now. Yeah. So. And then I'll say, Ma, it was amazing. There was this guy called Cutlet. Stupid name. But this guy, Cutlet, with stupid name, he was making trouble for Mofisbai. You've met Mofisbai. Very nice man. He does the tea. Very good tea. And... And then what happened? I don't remember. Oh, yes, yes, I remember. Yes, uh, we, we beat him up. And now Mofisbai is making tea again. He says, and then he kind of closes his eyes and nods. Yeah. As he's trying to remember what exactly happened. Yes. And she says slowly as he looks at you, he says, Cutlet who runs the butcher's shop. Yes, yes, exactly. You know him very well. See, uh, that's where all the dry-aged beef is coming from. Mm-hmm. Someone said dry aged beef. Yes. <laughs> he, um, he nods like slowly. And uh, I mean, he was together with Ramu the Golden, who did violence for a living, right? So she's not yeah. unfamiliar with this sort of thing. And so even though she she worries for you. Uh, like she looks, she looks you in the eye, and I think what she asks you is not, "Are you okay?" Not like what happened, but she knows this person, 
So she looks you very seriously in the eye and she asks you, is he dead? Oh, no, no, it was a non-lethal fight and he played a little dirty, but you know, I beat him up. Now he's unconscious. I wouldn't like to kill him. I mean, I mean, if necessary, I would, but it wasn't necessary, ma. Totally beat his ass. Yeah, she turns, I think the person she turns to in this situation is actually Saida. This makes sense. Yeah, and she looks at uh, uh, at Saida and she says, she just asks you straightforwardly, mm. how much trouble are we in? And I think, unfortunately, these ties cut both ways because uh, mm-hmm. she takes Saida very seriously and Saida cannot afford to piss her off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they kind of like tilt, like just tilt their head as if thinking, assessing, mm-hmm. and then they say, um, nothing avoidable. We have someone on the inside who will undermine him if it comes to that. But I suspect that, uh, I suspect some of our enemies may about to take be a may be about to take advantage of us. And then like they look around them being like everybody's going to notice that we're having a really good time and when you know the downtrodden of the hospitality ghetto all come together and have a great time that's when people go oh that can be my stuff now. Yeah. Absolutely. So she listens to this, she nods sagely, and then she turns to her tenants, and mm-hmm. she kind of raises her voice, and she says, Everyone, be sure to thank, thank Mr. Al-Kadaran Katam for his contributions. <laughs> and she is <laughs> just cold, coldly pinning everything on him. And I kind of like raise, I, I yell Al-Kadir, sir, and just kind yeah. of like raise my fist in a uh-huh. fist bump. I don't know if anyone joins in this. Yep. In this cheer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You do this, and shortly thereafter, Alcadet is going to return with a doctor. And assuming that you want to spend a downtime action recovering, you should roll now to see how good a doctor Alcadet manages to fetch. Because excellent. Okay. Healing. So I think this mm-hmm. is your first downtime action. If you are okay with it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. So you roll your tier. Actually, I suppose you can roll your tier plus one because Alcadar is your crew's favorite contact, and he is. We helping. also we also have a a healer as one of our contacts. Maybe hey. this is the person they bring. Yeah. Maybe it is. Let's, let's see this roll. Yeah, and this person's name is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their name is Paolo. Me. Yeah, yeah. That was um. Yeah, that was a person who healed Mushik. <gasps> oh yeah. Oh yeah, that happened. I forgot yeah. about Paolo. Me. Yes, Polomi has been on, on screen indeed as a priest of the Hungering One. However, you roll terribly, so you don't get Polomi. Yeah, what what makes sense to me is he comes back. Yeah, I suppose so. Ketris has a lot of swamps. He comes back with a guy with leeches. <laughs> like a, a literal leech. <laughs> a weird smelling old man staggers in, holding a jar full of leeches. And goes, well, let's take a look at you. Yes, yes. Lie down. Lie down. We'll draw all the injuries out. You said, uh, your friend said you were assaulted by a bear. <laughs> oh, no. 
No, I don't think he's part of the lifestyle. Oh. <laughs> well, not to worry. Not to worry. The infection can be gotten out by... Uh, where did I leave my other lifestyle leeches? He brought the alternative lifestyle leeches. Now he has to. Yes, he brought the. Out. I brought the lifestyle leeches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and I think Bidro is actually. He's pretty. As soon as the leeches come out, he's like, "Oh, and what's this one's name?" Uh-huh. He's, he's very interested in the personal habits of these leeches. Yeah. Uh, and, but they uh, didn't do shit for him because no, yes. no. So this <laughs> this confused old man puts some leeches on you. He's a literal leech. He is a you know people harvest them back in Ketris. I don't even know if leeches are part of Ketrisy traditional medicine or if people just you know hang out there because there are a lot of leeches and maybe doctors come from other traditions to just pick them up there. Either way, this guy has leeches. And he's going to try to heal your wounds with them, and he's not going to be terribly successful. You know, and then I'll be like, listen, you tried your best, sir, and I very much appreciate it, and it was really, really cool hanging out with Esmeralda and Lucy. <laughs> and uh, So I guess you named the leeches. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just nodding along, I guess. He was uh-huh. like, hmm, these yeah. are good names. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I just fall asleep in the middle of naming them. Okay. Yes. And uh, yeah, he looks at Alka there and says, well, he'll be right as rain by the next full moon, assuming he doesn't die first. Mm. <laughs> but two genders. <laughs> yes. Full moon and death. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm going to try to heal again, but I'm happy to uh, do that a bit later if the narrative is yeah. going to progress. I think I think this sort of scene ends here, right? I think we're transitioning into a longer time skip. Yes. And yeah, we've seen Moonlit's kind of like she spoils you. Evidently, she is not as harsh as you, and maybe she should be, except uh, on some things. Listen, there's a reason I am like this, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But she is definitely concerned, and so I think what we will see as time passes is that she is going to fortify the boarding house because. I mean, she's also in the hospitality industry, right? And she knows the flatbread uncles. For once, mm. she actually knows who you've gotten entangled with. And mm. so she will express her worry a little bit by like putting up some extra boards on the windows. And, board uh, up the boarding house. Yeah, board up the boarding house. And uh, yeah, just be prepared in case there is trouble. You know, talk to the neighbors, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, shall we go ahead with Bidruhi's next downtime action? Is that just to recover under your mother's care, perhaps? Mm, yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. So let's do that. I'll also be mm-hmm. taking extra downtime actions either way, regardless of how this goes. Yep. So mm-hmm. this makes sense to do it with the narration yep. already established. Um, is this just the tier? Yeah, this is just okay. the tier. Yeah. Can't even bring Polomi in? I guess you could, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they aren't a, like a favorite contact. I don't remember how we we're handling this. Uh, yeah, like usually, their cost. when you call repeatedly on someone who isn't a favorite contact, then yes, there is a cost. Uh, mm. So she is a protectioner of healing, physical, emotional, spit, spiritual, and a priest of the hungering one. We have not seen very much about the uh, uh, 
the hungering ones ideology here, but they run like soup kitchens and stuff. They feed people, at least mm-hmm. the less sinister of their ranks do. So I I think she will turn up and she will she will treat you, but if you want the bonus dice from her, uh she's going to demand a favor from your mother. Mm. Make it hot. Very good. Very good. Fair enough. Wow. Mm. It's another two and one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what are the chances? I, I remember Prince saying, ah, oh, it's just like a bunch of harm. Uh-huh. It's like, what, two recovery actions? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you can also be really unlucky. Don't blame me. I'm, I'm not the dice. Uh, <laughs> I'll do it again. Spend, spending yes. money. Okay, so just to highlight what happens here as an outcome of this, so we can have it on record and written down. What she is going to ask for, actually, is for your mother to uh, to use her boarding house to serve the poor of the hospitality ghetto. This is actually pretty bad from your mother's paranoia point of view, because now she has to let in a bunch of strangers into her recently fortified home. Mm. So, Okay. I suppose that explains how why it cost me money to do this next time. So I'm yeah. gonna do it now. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like, okay, my okay, I will. I mean, you know, I, I'm definitely. I, I want to, you know, pick up some of the costs and so on. Like, you know, I mean, you can let me help with that. I say, and then, behold, ah, ah, now you roll a six. Yes. Good. Okay, so I bump down level one harms. I'll go away. Mm-hmm. Level two harms become level one harms. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. And I'll rename them. But yes, I'm 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 looking better. Mm-hmm. You are a little bit roughed up still, but yes, some rest and recovery and some time simply passes. And yeah, I think a thing that happens here is that Moonlit now has two projects at once that contradict each other. One of them is making sure that the boarding house is safe from enemy spies and or saboteurs, and the other one is running a soup kitchen. <laughs> and Yes. Like, you know, it's not like she has to supply the food for free for people. It's just that uh, the, you know, the Temple of the Hungering One has been looking for a place in the hospitality ghetto for them to hand oh, out free yeah. food. And now they're using this place mm-hmm. to do it, which means that a lot of strangers come and go in close proximity to your lair. Mm-hmm. Is there any, are there any tensions with the fact that, you know, now it's not just a soup kitchen. Like, I guess the priests of the Hungering One are also getting involved and I don't know how they feel about us. Oh yeah, I mean, you you have good contacts with this one woman, right? But mm-hmm. the the priests, I mean, they're here to. Let's be clear: when priests run soup kitchens, very often they expect to proselytize in the process, right? And they absolutely are. The hungering one is not much followed among the Catherisy population, mm-hmm. and so it's not that they directly dislike you, but they are going to try to get you, get you know, take up your attention and your time. And I don't know that they much approve of the idea of a sword school, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually know um, what I'm going to do uh, mm-hmm. for my first downtime action. So, okay. um, I want to request something from uh-huh. the others. Uh, we are like almost done with this clock for the training grounds. Can we finish that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. To um, benefit me, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am going to my first downtime action is that I we have uh, prowess training, which is very funny because mm-hmm. I'm never going to train prowess. I'm going to train insight. The way that I'm training insight here is that as people come in and go, I'm, I'm observing them. 
mm-hmm. paying attention to these people who are in fact I'm, it's not even like the 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 catharity right i'm paying attention to these priests yeah um, okay and the the reason this is important is that if I get one more XP in Insight, then I can use the four XP I had left over from last session to get a dot in survey. Uh-huh. Um, uh, because I would also like to gather uh, information to anticipate possible threats in the current situation. The current situation being there's a soup kitchen in Moonlit's boarding house. Yep. Um, okay. So how we'll treat this is that training is a downtime action. Yeah. Fair and square. Your uh, what you then roll is not a downtime action because it's actually a gather information on your next score. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, and survey makes sense here, right? Because yeah. I, I I do like I think like three dice in study is fun, but like it makes study overpowered, but it's nice to like kind of branch out also. Yeah, and survey um, makes sort of more sense here. You're surveying the yeah. wider situation. So Yeah, sense trouble before it happens, it says. So uh-huh. that kind of makes sense. Um, okay, so it's only one die, but I get mm-hmm. plus one effect. So I'm guaranteed somewhat good information regardless, right? Very good. So one die, it's a four, which becomes a six. Oh yeah, and you get plus one effect because of your bodyguard ability, because of your vizier thing. That actually makes a lot of sense, I think. So what you're going to overhear is... You, you spot some of the priests who are clearly, like, most of the priests are just here to run a soup kitchen and to proselytize. Mm-hmm. But some of them mm-hmm. are also here gathering information. Yep. Obviously. Yeah. Yep. One of them uh, says, as they're, they're sitting down, they're on some sort of, like, a smoke break, maybe. Yeah. There's a bunch of, um, now, now that it's a soup kitchen, uh, there's yeah. always a bunch of um, old aunties and uncles smoking a hookah outside the boarding house, mm-hmm. which is also yeah. annoying for uh, Moonlit. Yep. And so one of them just says, uh, hey, these people are from, from Kethris, right? Way out east. Yeah. wonder if they have any connection to that Videha lady. You know, she's been talking to the uh, the houses. About, I don't know precisely, something about a heritage? And, uh, I don't know, she was planning to get married to some guy, I think. What, a Kethrisy? And uh, the first guy goes, yeah, yeah, no, a Kethrisy lady. One of their, you know, they have, they have noble families over there as well. Don't judge them all like this. Yeah, she was going to get married to some guy called Salman. Ah. <laughs> and mm. what you learn here is that Videha is the woman who was the originally intended recipient of your... Of the passport that we stole, yeah. Yes, of the passport that you stole, that she was going to use to marry into one of the noble families once she had it. And uh, it turns out that the person she had her eyes on was Salman. Mm. Because, of course. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Listen, she do- we helped her dodge... Two bullets. We helped her yes. dodge a bullet in two different ways. Yes. You sort of did. But what you've learned here from your result that is a six is not only is she looking into the matter, like poking around into it, uh, what you will also learn from this conversation with your extra effect here is that mm-hmm. House Ankayat is still looking for Salman. They, they haven't stopped searching for their lost Zion. 
and she's helping them. Yeah, all of this makes great sense. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is reasonably stressful, yep. and I hate it. So the second thing that I'm going to do is mm-hmm. I learn all this. I don't really mention it to anybody yet, but I'll probably do it okay. in the next couple of days. I am going to go fishing, and this time I don't mean meet the king. I don't mean talk to my uh-huh. friend Shadiar, who's like a weirdo. No, yeah. I mean I'm going to take uh, a fishing rod and some tackle, and I'm going to sit on the jetty and I'm going to fish uh-huh. and try not okay. to think about anything because everything is <laughs> awful. Uh-huh. So for my second downtime action, I'm just going to indulge my yep. Mm-hmm. Very good. And I got two fives, and I have five stress. So that's perfect. It's a lovely time fishing. You were down on the at the Ruby Jetty. You watched the beautiful people mingle in the actual club called the Ruby Jetty across yeah. the waters. But for once, it is a lovely still day in the in Uduasha oh. at the reservoir. And still you delightful. catch some fish, not too many fish, and you yeah. meditate on the on this you know, the ripples in the water. And yeah. uh, that's all you do. You know, it's so nice sometimes to just like things. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I also have some more downtime actions to do, uh, including consecration. But for now, that's that's me. Okay. Shall we see Mushfik's default downtime actions then? Yeah. Uh, it's okay. First of all, I think Mushfik needs to get rid of some stress. Um, perfect time because I'm at six. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we do dwell on this too much. Just uh-huh. kind of go yeah, through all. Yeah. I think you can just. We can just flash back to the time you were eating the liver, right? I think that's oh, yeah. mm. suitable. Beautiful. So let's yeah. see how how good the the liver dish is. Alright. Don't let me down, Cutlet. Alright, not bad. Three. Three. That's bad. Only yeah. only six. Yeah, it turns out Cutlet I mean he caters to Bundervest. He does not cater to Gourmands, so Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. it's good, but it's not like, you know. It's not a fantastically prepared dish. Yeah, and for my next downtime action, I will see about those training grounds. All right, consecrating the training grounds. Oh yeah, let's see how yeah. Sherikatam consecrates the training ground. I'm hyped. Mm. Mm. All right, let me think. Make biryani. Huh? <laughs> I can think of nothing more holy. <laughs> Make biryani? <laughs> yeah, in the training can ground. Can, we can you imagine? Cook? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. How? What's the most way to consecrate the training ground? Uh... So, so far, just to recap what we've done here, we have built a shrine to Ramu and then torn it down. And yeah. then Saida has performed some like movements, like some sacred it's movements a... in this space. Yeah, and I want to be clear when I like, I, I rolled on this. Um... In for other actions, when I described that, I didn't roll for it, and I mean, yep. that was deliberate because some of the shit that uh, Saida's doing is just nonsense. It doesn't work, uh-huh. right? So this thing about throwing the water in the air and then cutting it, whatever, it's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> yeah, uh, the goal of consecrating the training grounds was what? Uh, remind me. Remind me too. <laughs> this was a while ago. Yeah, I think it was Bidruhi that started this project. Was it to get uh, supernatural protection for the place? No, it's to get playbook advancement. Training playbook. Training playbook, yes. It is a yes. training advancement. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So it is, yeah, it is to make, it's less about consecrating it than more about actually having a training ground where you can practice esoteric art along with your students. Uh, okay. I, I, I think like, you know, it's, it's not just about fencing for just the sake of fencing. We invest in it as like a spiritual exercise as well. Yeah. Right. So, so far, um, Saida made, as in your own words, some movements and mm -hmm. <laughs> right toward out a shrine. Yeah. Is that it? And Pretty so, much. and that's, also, uh, um, when uh, Saida told Bidrohi about the Mad Prince of Endings thing, Bidrohi did also talk to Mr. Khatam. Yeah. And then that also, like, and he rolled for consecration then also. So, like, apparently talking to Mr. Khatam. Yeah, and actually the very first thing, this may be relevant to Mushvik actually, the very first thing was to chase away some thugs that were being scary outside, so that Morpheus dared to sell chai here to begin with. There were like some drug, drug addicts in the neighboring area. I mean, what it seems like to me is that the obvious thing for Mushvik to do, and is a, boring thing, is a boring thing to do, is that a lot of people have come here and they've danced and they've built and torn down shrines, but no one has actually made a training yard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've got to get in some practice dummies, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, like, uh, I don't know, like, um, flatten yeah. a part of the ground, or actually, yeah. no, not flatten, yeah. like, actually create, like, you know, obstacles, maybe, like, uh, put in, essentially make a kind of outdoor gym, kind of, not, yeah. not a gym, but, you know, uh -huh. like, he's actually got to put the equipment in. <laughs> Makes sense, because the training ground has been, like, we, Acquired the training ground, as it were, by chasing the drug dealers off. Then we yeah. consecrated it in three different ways. Yeah. And now we just have to finish making it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it makes perfect sense. So I think that what you're doing is... Uh, hmm, either it's a lifestyle role to just see how fancy say, stuff yeah. can afford. Maybe it's uh, tier. Yeah. Or it can, yeah, it can be lifestyle, it can be tier. Or I think if, if it is an action, the closest action is probably survey. To just figure out like what needs doing, so I'll leave it up to you whether you want to oh. survey or roll with your lifestyle. I think, given the fact that Mushwick has been in a kind of sword school before, right? Like before mm -hmm. in Catherine's, like he has a pretty good idea of what he needs. The question is, can he find it, or like what quality he can yeah, like, find? Lifestyle or tier makes sense then. Yeah. So uh, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll just I'll just roll the cruise tier because it's not the same, mm -hmm. right? Makes sense. And okay, so three. So it's a three, so one tick on this clock, which is not enough to finish it, unfortunately. Yeah. Clock is plaguing us since session two. Something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, that's everyone's uh -huh. free downtime actions. You can spend some cash. Yeah, I think actually um what is going to happen is that uh so we're not able to afford very much, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of embarrassing, and the reason I'm saying this is that I think we're going to lose a rep um, because I'm going to spend a rep to work on this again. And I think what happens is that it is, you know, we go out and we bring some dummies, and they're clearly like, they're like used practice dummies, which is the mm -hmm. worst kind of dummy in a way, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think um, as this happens, as Saida watches this, they will go up to Mushfiq, uh, pull him aside and say, um, this is embarrassing. The, you, you can see that this is embarrassing, right? Trust me, I'm not used to working under these circumstances. Yeah, <laughs> and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Mushfiq 
Uh, I'm going to take our cohort. I'm going to do something that traditionally we've avoided doing, but is unavoidable now, which is we're going to threaten some people out of some supplies. I think what we're going to do is maybe like go into Golampith, um, find some like someone who looks a bit uh, like he can be pushed around, you know, like she won't take. Um, like she was just like, you know, just yeah. let us do it. If we've got quality weapons, our cohorts elite thugs, between Mushfiq and me, we can surely do something, right? Um, sure. So, yeah. are you rolling command? Are you intimidating yeah. personally? I think it's command. Okay. Um, uh, straightforward devil's bargain for you. Two heat. This this does raise some hackles around the city, yeah, so you I can take two heat for a bonus die. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, and, you know, like, we, we A, are noticeable, and B, people take it really badly when people yep. who are not in power go around threatening other people. Yep, absolutely. Done. Um, I've added two heat to take a bonus dice. You uh, yeah. like you can intimidate someone into giving you, making the stuff you want for you, but it, uh, yeah, it'll draw some attention. Yeah. Also, you're still, you're, you're still paying a rep for this, so. Yeah, I did pay a rep, yeah. And it's uh -huh. a six, and you, which you is need the very fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Basically, you become known as a bit of an asshole to work with. I think is the. Yeah, which I think you know what that was always true of Saida anyway. So I think it's very reasonable. Yeah. It's one um, of those like you someone you go like you better work for me and you don't even pay them and so yeah. Thank I think for this reason they just get screwed. Yeah. I think like like we overflow by one tick, but to be honest, um, I don't even know where I would put that tick if I could. So it's fine. No. Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. okay. I have an idea for what happens next then. Uh-huh. I'm going to take my first uh personal playbook training. Uh-huh. Uh and the and the form that this takes is Al Qadiran Khatam is invited to do a speech at the Rising Moon oh. Sword School about what it about what it means to be Ketrisi and all that. Uh -huh. I'm begging you not to do this. No, it's I'm falling at your feet. I like <laughs> just anything is better than. Actually, you know, one thing that I'm curious about. Uh, sorry, I'll let you finish first, and then. I'll oh speak. no, I was saying, yeah, I am, I am, I am, uh, actually saying yes, do this because Mushfik will will not like this at all, and that'll be fun. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, one of the things that I'm really interested in is that okay, so Al Qadir and Khatam is a man of the people. He is a pillar of the community. All of these things. Uh -huh. yeah. Obviously, he's also hundred percent idiot. Yes. But I'm curious about. I'm curious to see if there's like maybe it turns out he's like 95% idiot, and maybe there's 5% that actually is worth something. And this is his thing, right? So I'm actually very curious to see like what he actually has to say. Okay, so you want me to just hold, uh, improvise a speech by Al Qaeda Al Qatab? <laughs> yes. Okay. Fair or enough. you can do the bullet points, it's up to you. But uh -huh. just... Yes. So, will uh, you please, um, yeah, but I want to yeah. know what he's wearing. Oh, yes. Oh, of yes. Course. Of course. So Al-Qadir turns up, and uh, yeah, let's weave this into the whole... He has been maintaining contact with Priti Chandra Vidaha, whose, whose ah. legacy he stole initially. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and so he is. he will be here, and he is like good at holding speeches, but he is a little bit compromised, because... Yeah, and so I think... Yeah, let's say he holds the speech first, and then he will ask some questions, because... He's he's entangled in this as well, but he will turn up and he will be wearing very nice clothes, like uh, he has his hair combed over with some 
what's the word? The product in it. I brilliant I'll use team. The word now. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, he wears a vest. This is his thing. Um, yes. And I think this is a highly patriotic. Uh, vest, but it is also yeah. one that he has had. I mean, we know that he has a personal tailor that he shares with Bidruhi, mm -hmm. and so he has uh, customized this. It's subtle, but people who, who know it notice it. He has customized it with, I think, the patterns of uh, the Catherine gentleman. So it's kind of an odd, you know, he's deliberately looking a little bit like the nobility from back home, which is an, an odd ah. situation to be in, because you're not necessarily fans of them. But it's in such a way that only people actually familiar with fashion would be able to read the statement, which fortunately most peasants can't. Mm. I greet him. Fortunately, yes. fortunately for him, Saida is also not the kind of person who pays attention to fashion. So yeah. they're not um, going to slap him across the face. Yeah. Yes. But I notice. I greet him. Mm. I'm at the door standing with my hands on my hips. And I say, sir, you are looking both bombastic and fantastic. Ah, yeah, thank you. Thank you, brother Pedrohi. I, uh, I, uh, I am glad to be here at this great day, at this great day of opening this uh, this training ground. I know that both you and I have been facing stormy weather, but it's going to be all right, my friend. Are you feeling better? Did uh, did the leeches do you any good? Thank you very much for the leeches. They were excellent company, and I learned a lot. Ah, oh, yes. Yes. I'm not going to lie to him, you know, but I'm yeah. not going to tell him the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my friend. Every every situation like this is an opportunity to learn. I'm most proud of you. I, I do have to go hold my speech, but just just uh, <clears throat> real quick. Uh, I, uh, an acquaintance of mine is, is wondering whether you know a fellow by the name of, of Salman. No. <laughs> You're not going to lie to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, he says, well, ah. arguably, he's not a fellow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> arguably. <laughs> arguably. Instead of standing there, like, no. And, you know, I don't know how good of a judge of character he is. I suppose he might actually secretly be a bit. But yeah. I think the only suspicious thing about this is that I just say no. Instead of, yeah. no, 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 no. What are you? Salman. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know yeah. Mary Salman's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh -huh. So he, he raises an eyebrow. Yeah, he raises an eyebrow, and I think he understands the exact meaning of this. And so he actually takes you aside. I think this is this rather than the speech is where we see his 5% not idiot. Okay. And he says, that is very good to hear, my friend. As you know, I've been pursuing a lady, and, uh, well, it, it turns out this fellow Salman, he, uh, he is my romantic rival. You see, and so it's very good that you have not been involved with uh, with this fellow, as as the lady is uh, looking for him. And I would much rather she she didn't find him. He says, and he smiles and winks. So, in such a matter as this, you know that I am hundred percent on your side, okay? Fuck this Salman person, whoever he may be, just fuck him. I spit on his face. I will kick him if I ever see him. Uh, not that I have seen him. I don't know who he is. I mean, you know, like, it's just, you know, there's many people like Salman, but all of them I will punch in the face if I ever see so that you are not thwarted in the course of your love. By the way, who is this person that you're courting? 
Uh, well, you you know. Oh, yes, I remember. Uh, I remember now. Yes. Oh. Yes. Mm. Yes. Let's let's not openly say her name for for respect of the lady. Let's not try to bring any scandal about. He he says. Uh -huh. but, but yes, he, uh -huh. he, is, he is still pursuing his idea of like yes, this this noble lady from Kethris. I'm going to try to seduce her somehow. Mm -hmm. I'm working That's on the idea. details. And uh, sir, do you? I mean, you are scratching my back. And I'm very happy to also scratch your back. I know a thing or two about romance and waste the heart and all these sorts of things. If you want, I can always be here to give you tips and tricks. No, not tricks. That's that's manipulative. Just tips. Ah, yes. <laughs> tips, he says, and he nods sagely. You know, perhaps I could benefit from this. We'll talk about it after the after I hold my speech, but brother, there may be an opportunity for us both, both in here. Yes. Sir? Alcadar is totally going to pull you guys into a score again. And I think like before he goes to his speech, I said, sir, I am very honestly excited to hear what you have to say because between you and me, I have really been thinking lately about, you know, what it is, what, what does it mean to be this, you know, Ketrisi, what does it mean to be Ketrisi here? What can we do? Because, you know, ours, is, it's not just the sword school. It's just all about making sure the Ketrisi people are safe. But you know, I've never been, unlike, you know, you have been there. You've lived there. I have never been. So for me, it's like I'm protecting something, but I don't know it myself. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a tricky situation. Yep. And I'm learning from everyone what it means, you know? And I think, like, yeah. Vidra is actually being vulnerable here. Yeah. He he nods and he says, "Yes, our our identity is a complicated thing, and I don't know if I can give a simple answer, but I'm going to go up there on that stage, little brother, and I'm going to try." No, no, sir. If it is complicated process, then you should only give complicated answers. I think if you give simple answers, then you will miss details that are in fact very important. No. Wow, is this character development? Yeah. What, what, do, what do you mean? Is this, is, this in, is this incompatible with what you've seen of Bidroi so far? Uh -huh. I, yes. I put it to you. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> yes, I know. Okay, what stole a shoe for a laugh? Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay. Yes. Very good. Yeah, please go. Yes. Yeah. So he will take the stage, I guess. And uh, he, he looks out and says, uh, Friends, countrymen, people, we are far from our home, far from our home out east, and some say we have been disconnected from our root. Well, I say we are more than our root. We are more than the mangroves. The core identity we bear is Kethrisi, not keepers of the trees. They are Important to us, many of us, the other faith that sustains us. But here, in this sword school, this rising moon sword school, we prove something else. We prove that being Kethrisi is not about being a farmer. No, it is not about tending to the trees. We are a complicated people. However, what this school proves is there will be no compromise with evil forces. 
no matter the shape they take. And uh, he will go on, do a long speech. I'm not going to do the whole thing, but yes. he launches no, into, uh, yeah, basically problematizing the Kethrisi <laughs> identity, but remaining true to that there will be no compromise with evil forces. Nice. Mm. Yeah, and Bidre is not sure what to make of it, but he's going to think about it. Clap, clap, clap. I'll say, I'll tell you one thing. Mushfix in the back, he's rolling his eyes. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, just like a tiger. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, I think the, the point of the speech basically is that we we will protect each other and ourselves. We are not going to let ourselves be bullied or pushed around. Uh, but also, you know, there is this complicated idea there that not even other Ketrisi can can bully you, right? Like, no one else can say who who or what we are. Hmm. So. Yeah. Yep. I think that's the, the complex and nuanced point that Bidru, he evoked in him by talking about this. Yeah, and Bidru's going to think about this because that, I think, aligns with his personal worldview. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, it's it's convenient for him. But yep. it's also antithetical to what his mother wants from him. And yes. I think he he has enough self-awareness to be like, okay, but this thing that's like convenient for me to believe in, is it true? Or do I want it to be, true, to be true because it's convenient? Or at the same time, I'm like second-guessing it because it seems too convenient. Mm-hmm. So I think he's, like, uh, he's going to think about that. Yep. But not outwardly, because... That, that's that's some nerd shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is the kind of thing you keep quiet about. And in order to speed things ahead, Al-Qadr yep. will, after his speech, he will leave you a little bit of information about uh, uh, the assistance he needs. You see, he's going to see Priti Chandra uh, at, a, at an important event. And he's going to... He has gotten wheedled his way into her inner circle. He did that all the way back when he stole the letter. <laughs> Yes, mm. that is what he did, in fact. Yeah. Yes, mm. and he's going to help her navigate Kagasaranya, and mm-hmm. he has an opportunity here to have some time alone with her, during which perhaps Bidruhi can help him sweet-talk the lady as she undergoes a, a complicated process of investigating. Yes, yes, this salmon is tied to something, something called the King of Lies. The paperwork is all there. Mm. Yeah, it's all that. It's all yeah, filed in yeah. octoplet even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, before the score starts, um, I have like eight stress. There is absolutely stuff going on here, yeah. uh, and there's more to find out about what Pre- what exactly Priti Chandra is planning. Mm-hmm. But yeah. his plan is to assist her in Kagasaranya, and then as she is waiting, make you know make the moves and try to seduce her. It's a bit odd to try to seduce someone at a bureaucratic office, but I want to point out that Kagasaranya is not necessarily like the DMV. It's not just you sit and wait in an office, right? It's like you oh, go yeah, to yeah. the There's district, you file yeah. a paperwork, you send the clerk to do something, then you go like sit at a cafe or something. It's like a whole yeah. date. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So his plan is to sneak in a date while they wait for like mm. word mm-hmm. from within the system. I'm going to uh, bankrupt myself finishing a clock, by the way. So um, I do want to do that before we start the school. That was the first thing. Uh, But the second thing is um, we had an entanglement from the last session, which was literally we're going to go to war if we don't give up a claim. Yes, that is this score. That is the score, right? Yes. Yes, Yes, because the thing is, Priti Chandra is looking for Salman. 
but she, I mean, it's her title you have, so she's going to try to take it back. I thought about whether to frame this as like a different faction, but it just makes sense for me to introduce Pretty Chandra as a faction of her own. Yeah, and yeah, I think she's the logical person to try to go for this, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, she's been investigating you. She's been investigating Salman. Now she's found this link in the because Saida filed both the paperwork for Salman and yes. for you. Correct. So because I have a what friend who was able to do all of this for me, but maybe yes. I'm the weak link. No, that's not mm-hmm. allowed. That's probably true. No, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Until you're very strong. Yeah. So you bet. You betcha. How yeah. I'm framing this score is that she is going to attempt to take this claim away from you. Uh, but she's going to attempt okay. to do it via the bureaucracy. Mm, okay. And if if you, you know, if you just say no by the rules, you just go to war. But rather, mm. instead, I'm I'm framing this yeah. as a score, right? You have that the opportunity sense. to strike at her. And then if things go poorly, maybe you will go to war. That is what is at stake here. Cool. Okay. I think what uh, Saida's going to do is they are so fucking sick and tired of this demon making every breath tiring, every step yep. tiring, can't swing a goddamn sword without somebody in my ear singing to me about how mm-hmm. I need to be learning from it. Fuck you. Um, and now mm-hmm. that we have, in fact, consecrated our training grounds, uh, one day you will see Saida doing a very simple, like a drill that you teach a novice. Right, mm-hmm. um, and Saida's just gonna keep doing this over and over again, uh, mostly to establish to this demon that like I'm never giving up. You can't grind me down. It's not gonna happen. Right? Uh, you may you may as well just let go. Right. So I'm happy. I, like I feel like I don't know if this is like an attune or a skirmish or if like it's a command because I'm telling it. I'm not sure. But what I'm doing here. Yeah. I think a tune makes the most sense. Probably. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna spend two stash. I like my one coin, my one little red box. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna spend the two stash instead. I know it's all fungible, okay. but whatever. Okay, um, sure. uh, to roll a tune as a fortune, two dice. Uh, uh-huh. Let's see how this goes. I okay. So five. You rolled already. I was going to offer you yeah, a possible devil's bargain, but let's not complicate this further. You've rolled a five. It's two ticks. You know what I'm gonna? Do? Yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna spend all of my money. I, I, I was intending to do this. Um, yeah. To bump this up to five ticks, uh, which yep. is the credit, right? Yeah. Um, and what I wanna, uh, you like what this is is, uh, Saida is just gonna do this for like three days straight. Um, okay. The money is kind of not even. I don't even know whether she's giving it away. Maybe somebody could just like, like look at her bag and take it, even right. Or maybe it's like paying somebody to come and feed me while I'm doing this. I don't know what it is, but it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think the straightforward thing here is it's just like money for the like you have to pay the students both keep out of your way and, like, keep you alive, right? You require support yeah, yeah, yeah. throughout this. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, th- yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So this finishes your uh, your clock, the point of which was to move Samoom from yourself into your sash. This is why yes. you made it such a long and complicated right. project. And that has now succeeded. Yeah. So you now have a fine demon-edged sash. Yeah. Um, that That is the outcome of this project, I think. So... It, you are no longer demon possessed, and you yeah, have a, a demon edge attached. Yeah, great. 
Zohip, wasn't there a Ghost Blade yes. uh, ability? You want it? Does that make sense? One of my weapons is possessed by a ghost. Nope, it's a demon. Um, okay. Yeah, let's, let's take sense, this right? special ability instead then. Yeah. Or, well, I, yeah. Mean, I just like the idea of a demonette sash, though. That just sounds so cool. I mean, it's up to you how you want to frame it. If you want to frame it as a special ability or an upgrade to your item, it can be either. I mean, it basically mm. means that one of your items is a certain way, so it's actually a special item. It's a weird ability. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I think sure. I will. T- uh, yeah, I'll take the demonette sash here. Yeah. Um, what we just know is that it has potency against the supernatural, which was what the special ability does anyway, right? So. Yeah. It's a weird ability because it doesn't actually give you anything, quote unquote, in a certain way. But it's just mm. fiction. It, it's it, it. I think it's cool. So yeah, yeah. let's um, let's ha- name it the Demon Edge Sash either way because that's what it is. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I love the idea of a Demon Edge. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that like what'll happen is at the end of the three days, um, w- like when they finally stop, like muscles are screaming in agony. Uh, and I should have fallen over long before any of this happened. Um, I don't, but I think people who've been watching can see me walking a bit lighter and can see the sash wrap around me a little more tightly. Yes. And uh, what has happened here, the way the physical transformation here has occurred, is that to anyone who reads Paristo, the old, old Mm. language, uh, mm-hmm. They can see that the sash is now engraved with a beautiful love poem to you, because yes. Samum is bound by its love for you. Excellent. Yeah, very good. Is Samum a good poet? I think Samum is... Uh, <laughs> we established that Samum is elegant, and so I think yep. there is an elegance to the poetry. It's also written in like a dead language, so it's not like a lot of people can read it, but yes, it's... I think what, what it ends up with is it's good poetry, but it will be very lost in translation. And any translation into modern Hadrati will not capture its essence. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Great. Yeah, I just wanted to do that. Indeed. I'm now completely broke. I have no money whatsoever. Totally. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Very good. Should I jump in? Unless, unless... Yeah, I have some ideas. Unless Mushvik wants to go first. All right, so the idea is uh, what was the name? Priti Chandra, Al Qadir's uh, object of interest. I mean, like, is he actually in love with her, or is this some political ploy? It's a little yes. bit of both. Like, Al Qadir is a complicated man. On the one hand, it's mm-hmm. a political ploy because she is a wealthy Ketrisi mm-hmm. woman, right? On the other hand, he is enough of a romantic that he is genuinely interested in her. I think this this means Alcadur's at the same time straightforward and complicated personality. All right. Okay. So she's been investigating what happened to the password, like or like yep. the deed of nobility, like that she was supposed yep. to get, and yep. she's tracked it down to us. She hasn't yet, but what she okay. has found is like a connection between this passport and Salman, the Ankayat man that she was thinking ah, of marrying. Yeah. So basically what she's doing is she's investigating Saida. Uh, and if she can connect the dots, then she will just straight up like go to war with you, essentially. No, I didn't get like why she's in uh, Kagosrania right now. 
Or why she's going there with... What? Uh, so Alcadar is going to help her file some document or other, and he okay. is going to basically like try to go on a date with her and distract her from her, oh, from I her see. work right. investigating. Okay, that's, okay. That's more or less his plan. And she is just straight up like very, very close to finding out how the, mm. the pieces of All the right. puzzle fit together. So how I'm framing mm. this, as I said, is basically she is about to go to war with you, but because of how things turned out, because Saida found out about this and so on, I'm giving you guys an opportunity to interrupt her before she finds out about you and goes to war with you. Mm. Okay. You know what they say, all's fair in love and war. Yes. Yeah. I, I think this is the logical outcome, because I could just say, like, okay, give her the, you know, give her the deed or go to war, but I think this is a more interesting way to frame it. I mm -hmm. hope it's okay with everyone involved. Yeah. yeah. So okay. this, I guess this kind of um, espionage kind of stuff isn't really a Mushwick's, like, I mean, uh, Ali, right, he's more of the uh, deal with someone at the point of a sword kind of guy, so I'm not entirely sure what he could do to get us on the right foot, I, I guess. What I'm thinking is, how could she link this to us? Because, I mean, yeah. We don't, so know, we don't even know how Alcadre got a hold of this thing. Mm -hmm. So let's zoom out and I will actually tell you a little bit about okay. how I'm envisioning this score. Because right. it's not something that you were planning, it's something that I'm throwing at you. So I think it's fair. All right. How I'm envisioning it, it is that uh, obviously Priti Chandra is not like doing very much work herself. She's going to task someone to go and find out this connection from probably someone tied to Mr. Ruhini because this is you know, it's not necessarily secrets, but it's complicated and convoluted. So what I'm picturing, basically, is one of her people is going to try to find out something from Mr. Heaney. And if that person can be stopped, and uh, you can have some time for Mr. Heaney to obfuscate things, then her plan will fail, right? So one of the possible ways to do this is to, like, surreptitiously kidnap the bureaucrat that's doing the work for her, like her lawyer or something. Mm. So yeah, she is going to hire... Like a lawyer, that lawyer is going to try to piece things together under her supervision. And in the meantime, I imagine Saida can just ask Mr. Heaney, who is your good friend, right, to try to obfuscate this, but it will take time. Need I even ask who this lawyer is? I say with resignation, knowing who it must be. Uh, there is more uh, than one lawyer in not... town, and also this lawyer in question may have been run out of town on account of someone and not thinking the consequences fully of their actions and therefore destroying a key part of the political infrastructure in this town. Hmm. Or, or Hardin Subramanian has fallen on hard times and is, <laughs> is now no working for this lady. But to take this kind of case, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, I think it's funny. Thank you for the suggestion, Chloe. Let's go with it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, okay, Priti Chandra has hired Hardil Subramanian. In which case, we absolutely must kidnap him, because... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But uh, one thing I want to say is that it seems yeah. that we're moving into gathering info stuff already, yes. but I'm still not done with downtime. Yeah, absolutely. Let's flash back to downtime. And let's also just say, for those of you who haven't listened to season one, Hardil Subramanian was a lawyer and constant thorn in the crew's side in the first season. Uh, so... He is back, I guess. Very good. So what else is Pedro here doing? Yeah. Uh, I have eight stress. I'm going to indulge ah, yes. vice. Which mm -hmm. my, my vice of 
lovers mm-hmm. provided by Mumtaz. Yes. And I think this could be an interesting scene given the situation when we last saw her, where yeah. my mom was like, this, this lady ain't Ketrasi. Mm-hmm. Make her yes. Ketrasi. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and now I have had a conversation about what it means to be Ketrasi. So let's see how this goes. Okay, absolutely. Do you want it to be like a brief scene then? Yeah, let's call it a brief scene. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. normally I would have skipped past it, but it feels like there's narrative here. That's important. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So make this role, and I guess you meet her in the chipped cup. Like last time you were down in your quarters, but I think she's reverted to like, uh, let's play this carefully. Yeah. Four, which means I should do it again because that's not very good. Okay. So yeah. uh, th- the way you can do it again is by spending a ton of money, which I guess makes sense because yeah. I think and how I'm going to roll this is that Muntas will basically just have a suggestion for how to make this date classier. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's going to cost you. Yeah, and overindulge. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, that's why I decided to roll before we do any narration, because the fact that I overindulge is probably going to come into it, right? Yes. So um, you have uh, you are overindulging in Ash Cloisters. I want to flag that we have written a special rule for this. this oh, yeah. Uh, which means that you can choose to be mocked by the local poets. Me? Overindulge. <laughs> yes. Me? Uh, is Vittori's ego going to be able to take this? I need to know. <laughs> Especially if uh, one of the local poets is also friends with the Blue Smoke troop. See, the problem yes. is, if the poets start mocking me, then I'm going to get into a rap battle with them, and that we don't have time for that this session. Yes. So how it works is the crew loses two rep unless you make an example of the artist who satirizes you. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, rep battle it is. <laughs> uh, maybe we didn't have time for it, but now we do. Yes. So, we have time. Uh, we have time now. <laughs> yes. You were hoping to get some time with Momtas to talk about your identity and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah. And what instead happens, I think, is that he is in an just an amorous mood and you guys like pay for a nice dinner and then she leaves halfway through and she takes you back to her room and just sweeps you off uh, off your feet mm-hmm. right now we take it in turn sweeping each other off yes uh-huh. and so where this picks up is when you emerge from her room and come face to face with another member of the Blue Smoke Troop. I don't think you know this man. He is like small, lithe, elegant, and quite handsome. Hmm. And uh, That sounds like this kind of person I'd know. Yes. It's Cherubino, the acrobat mm. on the troop. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, he, uh, he leans back and uh, says, oh, I was wondering how long it would take you, my friend. If uh, if you don't mind, uh, well, I wanted to have a word with Momtas. We actually have some work coming up, but you seem to have fully and wholly distracted her. Or maybe she you. Anyway, I took the liberty of composing some poetry about you and your country while uh, while you were away. He says, and he like raises an eyebrow, and he's annoyed with you. Like you've been distracting Momtas from their work. That's what the angle here. So he's, it's not that he's jealous. He's just like, God damn it, you're a distraction. What kind of person is he so that I know how I'd immediately react to the prospect of him writing poetry about me and my country? 
uh, oh yeah, he is like he's an acrobat and actually a very bad poet. He is a yeah. musical performer. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, very, very good, Cherubino. It's uh, it's a really rich and lively history, and I am you know making it richer and livelier the history all the time myself and my friends. So if you have a first draft, I'm very happy to give you feedback, ah. which is what I assume he's going to do. But I guess yes, that's not the I, case. <laughs> I, have, I have described his traits, actually. They are traitorous and childish. So, <laughs> oh God. Childish Cherubino? Yes. <laughs> Very good. So he takes up his paper, and I guess there is a bit of an audience here. I don't think it's like the full swing of things, but it's a chipped mm-hmm. cup. People are always hanging around. So it's like the other troop. So he, he looks down at the paper, and he goes, Mud! <laughs> Is that it? Is that the entire poem? Please let this be the entire poem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what it, that's you've seen there. Yeah, he makes a big statement that he's made a poem encapsulating you and your culture's richness, and then he just says the word mud, which is written on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Actually, a pretty scathing insult. So It really is, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is on a level with the Baldur's Gate 3 bard. <laughs> oh, no. Very good. <laughs> So your situation is you've had a lovely time with Mumtaz, everything went great, and then her co-worker calls you mud. What do you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say, okay. Hmm. Okay. And then I kind of like, uh, kind of clear my throat, and I say, childish man called Cherubino comes up to me, and he says mud. And I no, look no, at no, him. No, 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 no. <laughs> He he cuts you off and he goes, No, 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 no. I wasn't saying mud, I was reading you a poem. Look, I wrote it down. Oh, <laughs> he turns okay. his paper mm-hmm. around and it just and says it... mud. Mm-hmm. And there's a steep figure of you. Okay. <laughs> 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 He's scrolling some lines on a piece of paper. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, Bilo, he... you're going to lose us three rap at the rate that this is going. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. Okay. Yes. So I said, oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, let me try again. Childish man called Cherubino comes up to me and reads me a poem and an incredible likeness of me and where the word is just mud and it just is a stick figure of the man called Bidrohi. And I believe this is incredible. It is a real stretch of Cherubino's talents and I have never seen anything like Cherubino Anything like this from Cherubino, I never thought that he had it in him to stretch his creative chops to this level. Oh, I see. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So, are you done? Can we get back to rehearsing? Oh. Mm -hmm. He he looks and he realizes that Mumtaz isn't coming out with you. No, this was my attempt to destroy him. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, you can roll roll some sort of action here, I think. Tway? Sure. Um, yeah. Consort? Uh, I think sway. Maybe you're swaying the crowd more than him, right? You're trying to... Yeah. Yeah. And I think... I'm going to be pretty nasty to here, but this is Cherubino's turf. So I think yeah. that you will have limited effect initially. It's risky limited. Um, and it's limited just because, like, you can you can sort of try to, like, insult him, but I don't think this sort of line mm. just works. To dist- I mean, people know that he's childish, right? So it's... Mm. Yeah, it's literally in his name. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to take a stress to assist you. Okay. Um, 
but the assistance here is you've been mocked, derided, insulted by Saida so many times that you know how to make it sting, right? Uh-huh. So this is just like, we see like you think about all of the time she's gone, you idiot, you moron, do you even have a brain? While she's thrashing you with the sash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you could draw upon this rich wealth of experience now. Yeah. Isn't that great? Mm. Very good. So In fact, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going, I'm going to uh-huh. reframe my entire thing. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to uh, be like, Okay, that was for me, but since I am representing all of Kethris, let me tell you about my friend, Auntie Saida, and how she would respond to this. And then I'm going to beat the shit out of him with my, with my sword. Okay. It's not like I even bruise, just kind of like I'm just going to kind of like, you know, spank him around with the sword. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Very good. So, yes. uh, is this skirmish? I don't know well, that it is because he's not I fighting think it's back. I think it's finesse. It's finesse. Yeah, yes. fair enough. <laughs> You can you can attempt to finesse him. Okay, uh, let's call it risky standard then. Like, okay. I think you can do this, and you have a bonus dice. So maybe Excellent. you can make an example out of him by smacking him around like Auntie Saida does. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, it's four. Okay, so there is a risky. Co- so what what you do here is you successfully. Actually, I was going to point this out as well. Uh, so this, for some reason, this should be very impressive as well. Yes, when you perform, yeah, sure, you beat him up. It's very impressive. So you don't lose any rep. Is the outcome here? Yay! And you do manage to like thrash him and send him running away. Yay! Uh, but uh, the blue smoke troop were your allies. They no longer are, oh. unless you resist oh, man, the consequence. And they I, drop I'm from three resist. to two. Yeah, I'm gonna resist if you're not. Hmm. Huh? And I'm happy to. I think that's totally fair. Um, being the person uh-huh. who gave you the dumb idea to attack these people, I think Saida is uh, out of character. Probably the person who should prevent you from mm-hmm. fucking it up. How is Saida you know, resisting this? Yeah, I'm not going to resist. I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm going to go and straight up apologize. Like genuinely be like, sorry, that was really dumb, and it's literally because of my influence. I know this for a fact. It's okay. on me. Uh, mm-hmm. Just as a personal favor to me, please don't like blame him and be okay with it. Sorry, my bad. Uh-huh, very good. Whoa, what a uh, weenie. Uh, I would almost love to make this a scene as well, actually, but let's limit it. Let's have you roll this resistance yeah, roll and I think... quickly narrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Inside price resolve. Um... I think it's resolve. This is... Yeah, this is social. Yeah, willpower. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that makes it. Okay, and I get a bonus die because I'm protecting. Very good. It's a five, so I will take one stress, which is totally fine. Okay. So the situation will be thus. You apologize mm. not to Cherubino, who is like a petulant Some bastard. He, he is one of the, the troops, like more famous members, but he is like a petulant bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, um, there is the manager of the Blue Smoke troop who we haven't seen. Mm. And uh, I think... Saida being Saida, and you having connections in the invisible world of mm-hmm. the the underworld here. The reason this causes you stress is that you actually meet with the manager. Right. And you meet him behind a screen because he is uh, elusive uh, and rarely makes his yes. face known. You make your mm-hmm. apology to him, and he says nothing. But uh, yeah. at 
<laughs> like you apologize to a screen, you see like a silhouette behind it. He blows yeah. a puff of smoke on his cigar, and mm. he just nods. And mm. this is the scene. So you get to actually meet the shadowy man Great. behind the truth. Meet is a very interesting way to phrase talking yes. to somebody who didn't say a single word to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna go back. I'm gonna look at uh, Bidruhi, and I'm just gonna shake my head and walk away because, uh, yeah, I mean, to some extent, yeah. it is my fault. So yes. you know, I better, well, yeah, man yep. up. The one piece of interesting information you learn here is like a mystery that's been with you is like how did this crew of random performers even find out about a book of occult and ancient yeah. place? This man yeah. is why. Yes, this makes sense. Yep. Mm, very good. Yeah. So you okay, have now learned of, of him, his existence, pretty much. Yes. Uh, mm. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shall we quickly do some gather info and then head into the score, whatever it may yeah. be? Yeah, I've done okay. my gather info. Um, so you should, uh, it should be the two of you who do yours, because I've already uh, surveyed the, the priests and found out, like, some of the stuff that's happening. So I don't want to... I'm going to gather some info here. So out of character, we've decided that the lawyer is Hardil, right? But in character, we don't know that. So yeah. my gather info ah. isn't to find out the information we already have. It's going to be like, Vidra is going to go out and he's going to ask around about this lawyer. And that's yeah. how he's mm-hmm. going to find out about Hardil. But on mm-hmm. top of that, mechanically, I want some extra information about this guy. Like, you know, how can, yes. where is he? Where can we find him? That sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, fortune roll, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have any particular contacts who would come in. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I have an idea. Like, you can tell me if it works or not. I want to bring in my contact, Tum Durji, a tailor. Yep. Ah. Because we, we well, are, lawyers, are lawyers need suits. Yes. Lawyers need suits. Oh, yeah. I see. You yeah. want to you wanna do investigation on his clothing. Uh-huh. What an incredible Bidrohi yeah, I don't think, decision. I love this. Yes, I don't think Tumdurji is the guy who supplies his suits. But sure, he, he knows about the fellow. He has seen him about. Maybe he knows his tailor. Mm-hmm. So sure. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's the secret tailor brotherhood. Yep. Yes, yeah. Tumdurji is not your favorite contact. No. So... Uh, you can take a bonus die from him, and mm-hmm. the consequence here will not be that Tumdurji asks anything back from you. It will be you will learn some information you maybe uh, w- wouldn't like. Mm, so let's okay. frame it this way. Okay, bonus dice. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's critical. critical. See, wow. so people are like Tumdurji. How can he help us? Yes. No. So it turns out Hardil is very vain. I want to point out that the bonus that you got from Tumdurji was a two. So it's <laughs> but anyway. Yes. He is he is your venue into this. And so hmm. What is Tumdurji like? What is this is he like an old man, a young man? What's his flavor? He's an old man who dresses in hmm. He's he's Eruvian, Uduashan, mm-hmm. but he's an old man who dresses in very colorful uh, accuracy styles. Like mm-hmm. you know, he's got he's got an accuracy waistcoat. He's got like a bright uh, pink hat, but like it doesn't look garish. It somehow it looks really cool, and the entire vibe is like you know really really dapper. 
and he will do he'll do you a, he'll do you clothes of like any nationality any sort of heritage like ah. you know just be, he's chosen the 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 clothes that fit him the aesthetic okay. but it's not like he specializes in acrosy clothes yeah um, and he's um so, uh, so what, he, what you're describing is basically a sapper is my yes yeah. uh, and i think his personality is that he is very opinionated very irascible but not at all conservative he's like a maverick yeah Ooh. makes sense mm. so you come into his shop and he you ask his you ask this question and he grins at you and he says ah yeah Bidrahi, my my young friend of course i know of ardil subramanian yeah uh vain guy particularly about his briefcases you know he gets them custom made by a trapsmith yeah uh, uh People talk in the tailoring business, you know, he had it in to make sure it matched his suit and no one was allowed to touch it. Uh, I asked around a little bit because I was curious, you know, a bag, it's really important, compliments your style. Yeah. You think I should have Hang a on. bag? Well, uh, with this outfit? No, no. But, you know, if you, if you were doing something a bit more formal, nice briefcase might do you good. Hang on, I'll write you down where Hartill gets his suits, where he gets his glasses, and where he gets his briefcases. Oh, and for good measure, his trapsmith. Why not? In case you need any stylish traps. <laughs> Very important, uh, Tumdurji, sir. Whenever people are skulking around and then they have their foot caught in the bear trap and they're like, oh my god, no, my foot is gone. At least they'll be like, the trap is looking pretty sick, though. Yeah, that's how you get them, you see. It's uh, it's the same with traps as with everything else. Style and substance, they're all just one thing. Here you <laughs> go. And he, he slides <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, he's he's right. listed all of them. He has no interest in clothing now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And this uh, charming old man gives you all the information of all of Hardil's suppliers for everything he wears, which he figured out because apparently Hardil's style is cool and he got curious. <laughs> so that's why he knows. Hoisted mm -hmm. by his own petard. Tumdorji, sir, you know that in all my battles and all my endeavors, I am wearing you all the time. And people are taking notice. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt you to mention it once in a while to the crowds or have that guy, you know. Okay. Your friend do it. <laughs> okay. Next time, sir, I will yell your name. But I'm going to do it. Yeah. He waggles his <laughs> eyebrows and he says, well, I appreciate that. And hey, next time you come by, uh, let me give you some advice on uh, pocket squares. They're all the rage now. <laughs> so, I nod. Yes. I, I nod. Looking for, very much looking forward to finding out what a pocket square is. Yes. <laughs> Okay, excellent. Any chance of you getting a sponsorship deal with this guy? <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, God. Uh, that's what, okay. that's what my little something on the side will eventually be if I get it. Uh -huh. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> so the, the negative consequence of this is that you learn that Hardil has traps. But since you rolled a critical hit, you know a lot about them. You know all of his suppliers. Excellent. <laughs> um, and I think that's about the reasonable information you can find out from this vector. Mm -hmm. Like, not really what Hardil does. There is one other piece of information which I think you would be able to figure out on your own, uh, just because we established it way back in season one. Uh, the reason that your father went after 
the uh, the Chakraborty family, and the reason your father died was because Hardil, they uh, arranged with Hardil for the Ketrisi to take humiliating jobs in a glass blowing factory. Oh, that is true. So Hardil mm. has been like a supplier of jobs for the Ketrisi when he was doing better, and uh, they were shit jobs. So mm. Hardil is a racial enemy. Uh huh. Good. Well, if, if nothing else, he was an enemy of your dad. If that. No, he's a racial so. enemy. Uh, okay, fair. <laughs> 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 you want. Not that he's racist. Yep. But he's yep. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, just because he's a racial enemy doesn't mean he he's a racist. It just means he's an enemy of our race. That's in my That makes sense. That's definitely how that works. Yeah, yeah. He's like, look, I have nothing against the Ketrisi. Some of my best friends are Ketrisi. No, they aren't. Yeah. <laughs> no, here we go. None of his I best mean, friends are Ketrisi. I can yes. tell you this for a fact. Well, one of, one of his best clients is Ketrisi at the moment, yeah. actually. That although is she is Ketrisi yeah. nobility. So, you know, yeah. he's one of the good ones. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they just yeah. happen to be on opposite sides of a deal, you know. Yeah. Just business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I give them, I give all of you an exhaustive list of like all the places that Hardil likes to frequent, and I mention the traps mm-hmm. and also where the mm-hmm. trap maker is. And all right, that's up to you guys. Okay, yeah. so this is good because I think what most we can do is, if we know where he frequents, um, I'm gonna try to tell this guy to find out. Maybe what I want to try to find out is where where's a good place to actually. You know, get, like, does he go anywhere? Can I tail him for a bit and see that? Ah, okay, this is a good place to take him off the street. Okay, mm-hmm. you want to look for a good okay. place to ambush him as he goes about this business. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it has to be in Kagasaranya, I guess, because that's where it is. But fair enough. So what you're saying is you want to be his tailor. Yes. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm, gonna, I'm uh, laughing so hard. Can you tell? Oh my god. Uh-huh. Sorry, please, Dan. I'm gonna stitch him up real good. Mm-hmm. Oh, does it work? Does it work as a thing? Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. What am I rolling? Prowl, I guess, because I'm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And... We're prowling him. Yeah. Risky standard. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Four and a three. Four and a three, so you get okay. So you get a reasonably good opportunity. I think we're framing this as like how good an opportunity do you get? And yeah. uh, hmm. so we have we established in the last season about Hardil that he is uh, a uh, a forward-thinking fellow who is a member of some civilized and posh uh, societies, or at least he was. And I think that in Kagasranya there is a uh, a Severosi pub called the Tyrmore Arms. Mm. I think with a four, what you find out is that he has to wait too. It's not just his client that has to wait. And so right. what you find out is he likes to pop in there to like talk to some contacts or whatever. And it's a rowdy pub, so it's not like an ideal place to nab him. But, you know, this Kagasrani is a fairly well-monitored and managed district. But in this pub, there are, you know, some drunks, there's the occasional bar brawl, there's the occasional, you know, stuff going on. And so, nowhere in Uduasha is perfectly private, but in there you could probably get away with, you know, spiriting him away under the guise of a bar brawl, or setting up some sort of distraction, or possibly just nabbing him in the bathrooms. Alright, yeah. 
And now we can live out from sounds perfect. We'll catch him with his pants down again. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh. indeed. <laughs> so, how are you yeah. doing psychic damage to me even after I finish running that campaign? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yes, very good. You introduced this NPC tree. Now, now you can. Yeah, no, I know I did. I know I did. I know. We loved him so much. We want to keep him. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he will be uh, probably what is the case is actually I think what Mushvik found out that he will probably have some sort of meeting in the Termor Arms with some of the bureaucrats mm -hmm. because again, Kagasaranya is not very well organized and a lot of the bureaucracy just hinges on you need personal meetings with people. You need you know. Connections yeah. is like half of the game, right? So you gotta know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah, I think in fact probably what he will be doing in the Tomb Arms is bribing someone with beer. I think this is why he frequents mm. the place. It's mm. very yep. good. All right, so we so here's how Mushvik's thinking about it. That mm -hmm. all right, we need to we need to nab this person in the bathroom. So to do that, we need to get him in the bathroom, which means he needs to have a lot of drinks. So maybe Bidrohi can pretend to be a client uh, or, you know, like a would-be client. Uh, talk, start talking with this man, make sure he has a, he drinks a lot and really needs to go. Then that's where I'll, you know, and then I'll wait until he drops his pants and then kidnap him. Okay. Yeah. You have to wait yeah. until somebody drops their pants to kidnap them. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, that makes it harder for him to run away. There's something weird about this. Okay. Yeah. Katam, you and I need to talk. <laughs> Look, Why has that not been true? I know you're trying to meet a new man, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. I was going to point out that there's nothing weird at all about Katam's plan of just lurking in the bathroom. <laughs> until That's also perfectly normal. <laughs> I'm just picturing this as any, like, you know, washroom at the back of a pub where there's a few yeah. stalls and some yeah, yeah, yeah. urinals. No, no, so I'm just gonna be, yeah, I'm just going to be in one of the stalls for, uh -huh. I don't know, hours. Yes. <laughs> it's like, Fair. okay, I, I feel really nervous in a, in a bathroom and the pee just doesn't come out, okay? Yeah. Don't, uh -huh. don't rush the process. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was going to make that joke. <laughs> Here close the doors to the House of Endings. Those who dwell within are Sohem, called Klo, Adiat, called Soap, Samitri, called Tree, and Emma. I have been Prince, your host. Our city of Uduasha is based on Blades in the Dark by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions, with special thanks to Johnstone Metzger. Follow us on Twitter or support us on ko-fi.com slash If you want to engage further with us, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash where you will get our newsletter, extra content, and updates from Uduasha. Desperate to tune.
you know, you've been uh, you've been really calm about all this. Like, uh, you know, thanks a lot. You know, this this uh, <laughs> this went way better than I thought it would. Um, <laughs> Dude, I meant that to him. Huh? Yeah. Uh, he says, ah, yes. There would have been other approaches. I assume you're after the contents of my briefcase. I'm, uh, I'm going to look with you, Hardil. Uh, I don't know why I'm here. They just told me that you were um, going to cause some trouble for us, so, you know, it was an off day for me, so I'm here. Um, uh, yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> in that case, I have a proposal, he says calmly. <laughs> and he just says, I, if you do not know why you're here, and truthfully, I don't know why I'm here, how about I just give you four coin and we'll call it even and I walk out of here and go about my business. 